Well, hello and welcome to the Transfix Take podcast where we are performance driven. So this week we have not one, but two special guests on our show. I'm joined by Transfix's Chief Financial Officer, Christian Lee, and Transport and Logistics Reporter, Vishnu Rajamanikam, who is back on the show as we take a deep dive into the world of sustainability. Welcome, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to have y'all. Thanks. Happy to be here. Awesome. I love that quorum. That was great. <laughs> so let's do a little bit of foundation setting. So the term sustainability may feel like a buzzword to some, but many shippers are increasing their sustainable investments and a growing number of carriers are beginning to opt into more sustainable business practices. So Vishnu, if you can, I'd love for you to set the stage to help listeners understand why is this becoming a key topic among C-suite and executives in the supply chain and logistics space? That's a good question, Jenny. So um, I believe there are two main tailwinds to pushing sustainability within companies, right? So one is the obvious one with uh, government regulations where you have authorities that are you know, tightening laws around carbon emissions and uh, pushing companies to you know, fix up timelines on when and how uh, they're looking to cut their carbon footprint. So this is especially true of the supply chain industry with, you know, like um, stakeholders in manufacturing and logistics kind of contribute uh, significantly to um, the overall global carbon footprint. So for one, there are a lot of eyes on our industry and the government expects answers. Um, secondly, there's this kind of systemic push coming from people and communities, which is kind of a critical factor in this entire sustainability discussion, you know? So uh, the, the consumer, you know, the consumer side push towards opting for brands that are climate conscious. This is essentially making companies, you know, sit up straight and, and consciously think of uh, bettering their operations. So I think this is in some way, you know, being more sustainable as a company, it's, it's just a way to gain uh, customer loyalty and retention. That's excellent. Now, the MIT Center for Transportation and Logistics and, it, and even CSCMP highlighted in this year's very large and lengthy state of supply chain sustainability report that in 2019 and 2020, approximately 47% of respondents reported that their firms have received pressure to increase supply chain sustainability. Now, while the introduction of COVID-19 kind of accelerated those pro uh, that progress initially, it has taken a backseat at some organizations but not at Transfix. So Christian, I would love to know, I, you know, we've doubled down on our investments across the board. And earlier this year, we released our inaugural ESG report. So can you talk us through a couple of those key highlights here? Yeah, that's a great question. So just um, echoing on uh, what Vishnu said, um, you know, the reason that we uh, have continued to make investments in the, in the ESG space and sustainability, diversity, governance, um, it's really driven. I would even add one more. Um, it's our customers for sure. So we are getting um, you know lots of feedback from our large enterprise shippers and even midsize shippers saying, um, I'm getting pressure from my consumers, the people who shop at my stores, who purchase my goods, that I want to understand the sustainability of my supply chain. So it's incumbent upon us as one of the leading companies helping them uh, manage their supply chain, that we have a set of um, sustainability practices and diversity practices. And so they're looking to us to help them achieve their goals. Um, certainly our employees uh, are looking for it, right? They want to be part of a company that is helping reduce emissions, that is focused on championing diversity and, you know, equal opportunity for all and, you know, really sort of, you know, strong governance. 
and our shareholders are as well, right? They're increasingly hearing from their LPs and the people who put money into their funds that they want to back companies that have a track record in all of these areas. So for us, um, it's not just um, you know something that we think is the right thing to do and we're focused on doing it, but we're hearing it from every single one of our constituents. And so um, it's sort of that combination of it's how the company was founded, Plus, uh, we need to be responsive to all of the, you know, the sort of asks out there from the different people that we support. That's excellent. And Vishnu, I know that your your um, sustainability, the topic of it is near and dear to your heart. And I've heard you speak on the importance of advocacy for public ownership of transport, the circular economy and minimalism in your own everyday life. Um, and as it relates to the supply chain, what are some key areas that you're particularly excited to see take off in this space? Okay, um, so, um, you know, for companies to be truly sustainable, uh, it's important that they have, you know, visibility into their operations and also, you know, into their downstream suppliers and vendors operations. Um, this is to, you know, like truly understand the, you know, the impact their business has uh, on the working environment at large. Um, so, I'd say the pursuit of end-to-end visibility is something that's quite critical. And there are a lot of tech players and, you know, purpose-built startups in the market that offer such solutions. So I reckon it's going to be quite interesting in the next few years in the context of visibility. Um, and I also think this whole visibility trend has... Um, code has something to do with it in terms of accelerating this trend as you know companies were uh, blindsided by their logistics operations at the height of the pandemic last year so we saw them being stuck with um, no inventories low inventories uh, delayed inventories so I think visibility is now kind of a metric that uh, companies think um, long and hard about so um, you know achieving true visibility is kind of like the first step to gauging a company's carbon footprint. And, and you know, you, you can't fight anything that you can't see. So you definitely need visibility there. Um, and also there's this idea of nearshoring, which is something that could be interesting as a long-term trend, um, considering, you know, this would likely reduce the freight ton miles moved and also help, you know, companies build more uh, sustainable sourcing operations. And just because I'm super curious about this minimalism uh, approach that you've taken to your everyday life. Can you explain what that means? Have you thrown everything away? What is what does it mean for you? So uh, yeah, that's that's actually a quite interesting topic. So I keep moving. Um, I consider myself more like a digital nomad, to be honest. So I keep moving between from different from one country to another so i'm living in spain now which is my fifth country so i've lived in like 10 cities so i keep moving so for me it, it just to move my house from one place to another i've actually understood the kind of things i use in my everyday life and the things that just is in a corner gathering dust you know so uh, i realized that quite early on so i've been consciously trying to reduce the number of things i own for instance i don't own a car i don't think i would ever own a car in my life i only have uh, something called the patinete which is spanish for e-scooter so i just have an e-scooter here so I, I so that's one one of the things you know i try to minimize i try to get my stuff from the you know the farmer's market for instance while 
eating stuff or consuming stuff um try to reuse stuff um try to you know like uh, this this entire thing in europe so when i was living in germany this was more um more defined i would say like the number of different um uh, bins that you have you have one for uh, vegetables you have one for uh, cardboard for paper you have one for glass you have one for plastic so you know it's all this stuff that's again coming back to circular economy you keep recycling stuff so yeah just that i'm passionate about it after starting to realize that there's a lot of things i used to consume which i really don't need in my everyday life <laughs> i feel like i need to be taking a a a key key from you key point from you now christian what about you this might feel like an unfair question but are there specific areas within the the esg space that we're either already working on here or that we've got forward uh you know forward thinking approaches to at transfix that you're excited to see develop i think there's there's a couple uh, the first is is echoing what said before on visibility, and that is a very very big one for us and and for our customers. And we we have I'm sure you've talked about on this podcast before the Transfix uh, TMS, and it's really an operating system to allow shippers um, to both move their freight operationally like most TMSs do, but in particular we are very heavily invested in visibility and you know understanding where things are, seeing where your loads are how you're um, sort of driving more efficiency, but then also you know, trying to work on um, new additions of, of how can we give you better insight into the carbon uh, emissions of the mileage that you've moved. Um, so we're in active discussions with a number of, of shippers on that and, and have added that uh, in some extent to the TMS and that will continue to be made more robust so people can actually see real time the impact of what they're doing. Uh, in addition, we've been working on some diversity initiatives of how do we better measure and track uh, the usage of, of either female-owned or minority-owned trucking companies of different suppliers. And so those types of things are, are really front and center for us. That visibility is a huge component of that and how we can help our shippers uh, with their visibility into the full supply chain. Another thing that we're very big on here at Transfix is partnerships. And we know we can't do everything on our own. We partner with carriers, we partner with shippers, but we also also partner with organizations both within the logistics space as well as outside of the logistics space to help understand how can logistics reduce its overall footprint? How can we champion women uh, truck drivers, uh, veteran truck drivers, minority-owned uh, trucking companies? You know, all of these things that, that are out there that... Um, that maybe aren't the way that you would sort of normally do business 20 or 30 years ago, but just giving visibility, giving access to it and saying, hey, here's a range of ways that if you're trying to improve your ESG practices, we can help you do that either directly through Transfix or through partnership. And Vishnu, I'd love to hear what your... Uh what your thought is here when it comes to, you know, we talk a lot about the sustainability aspect of ESG, right? So I'd love to hear um, what you think about when it comes to, you know, partnerships and and sort of the social aspect of ESG. So, yeah, so uh, that's a good question, actually. So one of the things about partnerships is, or again, anything with sustainability, one of the hardest aspect of sustainability is measuring it, right? So uh, partnerships, again, is kind of an abstract thing, but then eventually it is like a domino effect. So you have different partnerships in the system, and then you have more visibility, you have more connections, there's more data flowing between different companies and different, you know, be it downstream or upstream. 
So essentially, the more efficient your system is, be it through partnership or be it with, you know, just plain data sharing between companies, but even within an organization, you know, different segments within organizations, they work in silos. So there's not a lot of transfer of data information between different, different independent units within a company. And this is causing, you know, like you're losing out on a lot of um, uh, bits and pieces where you could improve on sustainability. So I would say partnerships, be it within the company or, you know, be, be it with different companies, it's something that's needed and essential. A lot of companies are doing it, but as for us, it, you know, the, the whole idea of tying it to ESG, I would say it's, you know, it's a bit difficult, you know, it's, it's hazy. You can't really measure it. So I just leave it at that. Yeah, I would just add to that. I agree that it is difficult to measure, but I also agree it's critically important because the reality is this: the, 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 there's no single supply chain provider. Even the most large, advanced, all the way down to the smallest companies are going to have to use multiple providers to do things. Whether that's a trucking company and a you know and a and a, a train or an airplane or a boat or a warehouse or a, a yard or whatever it is, there's so many different pieces that even a single pellet can move on and move to and move through, that if you don't have partnership and you don't have that information sharing, you don't have a system that can provide visibility, it's going to be almost impossible to measure these things longer term. And so I think we are very much in the early days. I agree that much of this is, you know, we're working through this real time, but it is in my mind, a critical piece of what this will be over the medium and long term, because to capture the full impact, you have to have these things tied together in a data sharing or other partnership type way. Absolutely. Now, in my research, I came across a social post from you, Vishnu, where you noted, and I quote, sustainability for businesses isn't as easy as an individual's life choices. I wish it was, is what you said, as companies can often grasp the extent of emissions that created several tiers downstream of their operations, end quote. Now, for those who are not quite understanding the long-term impact that the lack of sustainability has, where can they start? Um, I'd say Again, because sustainability is really hard to grasp as, you know, it's it's not exactly a metric that can be accurately measured. There are certain ways to which, you know, um, for instance, the EPA defines, for instance, with the different scope emissions, um, which can kind of zero in on the emissions. So uh, we have scope one and scope two emissions, uh, which are probably the easiest ones to measure. So scope one emissions are basically anything that comes from within your organization, uh, anything that you emit while, you know, running your operations. Uh, scope two is kind of the indirect ones that come from, you know, purchase uh, resources like electricity or heating. So these two are uh, kind of the emissions that organizations already measure and are you know clearly defined. But then you have this aspect of scope three, which I would say is a lot more harder to understand because they're not so straightforward or easy to measure. And this is where we have issues today. Because I would say, um, you know, so uh, I'd say the definition as such is that anything that isn't covered by scope one or scope two comes under scope three. And this is like this indirect piece, which is hard to size up because, you know, you don't have, there's just a lack of tangible means to measure it, right? So um, one of the reasons I keep coming back to visibility is, again, because companies don't have visibility into their, you know, supply operations. 
they don't know exactly where they stand on scope three emissions. So uh, estimates mention that manufacturing companies, uh, for instance, they uh, make up over 90% of their emissions with scope three. So that's a pretty big number, you know? So um, just for example, let's, let's think of car manufacturers. Yeah. So um, let's think of electric car manufacturers. We, we, we can be sure that these EVs are great for the environment as, you know, they don't produce uh, emissions of the exhaust. But what, what do these companies have to say about their uh, battery production lines? You know, the pollution created uh, while uh, mining those rare earth metals in Africa and, you know, the emission in transporting that from Africa to China where all, pretty much all the refineries lie. So, uh, even after that, what happens once the battery lifespan is over? So who's recycling them? So I would say this entire idea of sustainability is a moving process. It's um, like Christian mentioned, still early stage stuff to understand where these emissions are coming from and how do we mitigate them. Uh, but then I think, you know, Sloan say trying to get more visibility into operations, I think it goes a long way in, you know, kind of uh, making sense of these emissions, you know, be it for the company, be it for uh, the gov governing bodies, or even for, you know, consumers like us. Yeah. I always add, a, you know, from, from, the, from the sort of even domestic uh, trucking freight space, um, even if you could measure, you know, my shirts went from point A to point B in a truck, and so I could estimate that. You then have a whole bunch of inefficiency of trucks driving empty as they go to the next space to look for the next load. And if that truck was dropping off for company X and picking up for company Y, but they had to drive 300 miles in between, no one's counting that emissions at all right now. And so you have this whole question of it's not just even the sort of direct impact, it's sort of what's happening in between and how are we capturing those inefficiencies that are happening that's not the responsibility of one particular company. And so I think, um, you know, there's just a lot of layers to this. And, you know, we tried to lay out some of that in our report saying that we are working on estimating how we reduce some of those empty miles through using technology even if it doesn't show up on, you know, one specific other company's, uh, you know, type three emissions, we're looking at the holistic system saying, how can we reduce that empty dwell time? How can we reduce the empty miles in between? And so I think, again, it's, it's hard to measure because, um, you know, again, it's, it's, you sort of need to track it. You need to have lots of partnerships, different ways of getting visibility. But I do think it's a place that, uh, that consumers and uh, regulators are increasingly going to look of how do we bring this together to understand the full impact of, of all of these downstream uh, effects. And Christian, you know, I think the conversation too is where, you know, a lot of shippers are starting to think about this more at the forefront, as we talked about at the top of the show, but for those that are just still thinking about it and trying to tackle a strategy, where can they start? Um, you know, there's a number of good resources out there. Um, obviously, uh, we're open to a conversation with anyone uh, who wants to come and talk about the ways that we have, you know, the tools we're putting in place. Um, I think, you know, as mentioned, um, you know, the EPA has some good guidelines out there. And I think there's a, a bunch of good literature. There's uh, various firms that are focused on this. Um, you know, there's a number of, you know, these sort of net zero road to net zero uh, type working groups that have a lot of information on the web. And I think that's a good place to start. But again, obviously, you know, we would love to have a conversation with anyone about ways to, you know, get greater visibility or, uh, you know, reduce emissions uh, here in sort of domestic freight. Now, the, you know, the reality is that the, the more sustainable business practices impact the bottom line, you know, and it leaves the end consumer 
happier, right? And and I think both of you has have uh, hit this point where consumers are really starting to put this at the forefront of what's important to them as they start investing in different companies and so forth. And I think in a lot of ways, Transfix does play a role in that from a uh, macro perspective, right? You know, and and I'd love to hear from from both of you. Are there ways in which the consumer can be a little bit more knowledge, right, or knowledgeable in this in this particular topic? as just a single individual. So I'd love for both of you to, to, to give me answers on, on that respect. I'd say that it is it makes sense for consumers to be just more informed with the stuff that they're consuming. Like, uh, like I mentioned, you know, it's just about self-awareness. For me, it was my idea of minimalism and uh, the whole idea of living a sustainable life started with trying to understand what I'm consuming in a more conscious way, right? So um, I'd say, you know, a lot of information these days are put in labels and, you know, uh, companies are coming up with these QR codes on their packaging where you can understand the provenance of uh, where the product comes from. So, of course, again, it's not something that's there on all labels out there, but of course, there's a change coming in the winds, you know, you can see it. So uh, I'd say it, it is always about the consumers asking for what they want, trying to understand or trying to question the brands that they consume, like, hey, where is this coming from? Try to keep them accountable, right? So it's all about people joining together as communities and trying to come forward. So for instance, all this, the, the whole idea of, let's say, fr uh, Fridays for Future, you know, um, that was just started by a kid in, uh, I think, in Scandinavia. So uh, the whole idea just caught on because people were really interested and charged up with the idea of conserving whatever they have and, in, you know, making sure that the environment that they leave for the next generation is better than what we had. So I would say it, it all starts with awareness and people need to, you know, read up and get more informed. Christian, what about you? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I, I personally have the view that um, you know the best change the best impact is going to be driven by individual consumers getting more educated and putting more pressure on you know the brands the companies that they interact with and, and we're seeing it you know we know as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that we're hearing a lot from the large shippers the large retailers, consumer goods companies, um, you know, fashion, et cetera, that their consumers are telling them, I need a more sustainable uh, path. I need to be reporting on this. And so I need to work with you to make sure you transfix, to make sure that you can you know, track this, that you can help me, you know, provide this information that we can become more sustainable over time. And I think you're seeing that through the ESG reports that companies are putting out. I think you're seeing that, you know, but a lot of that and almost all of that is driven by, I think the most effective is driven by consumer demand educated consumers saying, this is what I want. This is the type of products I want to buy. These are the types of companies I want to interact with. I want to work for. To me, that is always much more, you know, impactful than, you know, government or regulations or, or other things that, um, you know, can be well-intentioned, but, you know, ultimately what matters is consumers driving these things and then companies responding to the demands that are seeing there. And you need both, of course. I'm not saying you need both, but I think consumers are going to be the biggest drivers of this going forward. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. I love talking about sustainability and I know that you two are the perfect people for this show. Well then, yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Jenny. 
All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Transfix Inc. or any parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the participants are affiliated and may have been previously disseminated by them. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based upon information considered reliable, but neither Transfix Inc. nor its affiliates nor the companies with which the participants are affiliated warrant its completeness or accuracy and it should not be relied upon as such. All views and opinions are subject to change.